G'day, welcome to On The Road, the number one Australian trucking podcast made for Aussie truckies by Aussie truckies. We're an independent voice in Australian trucking and proudly brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. Righto, show number 146. I'll tell you what, we're having a good time doing this. We really do enjoy bringing in the podcast every week. A little bit easier to do now that we're sort of releasing it on Monday. It gives me a little bit more time for some of the other things that are going on. Uh, Truck and Life magazine is off to the printers, so that'll be out soon at Casino. Really, really looking forward to that. It's just been a lot of work, but I'm very, very proud of what we've done. And you know, thanks to Craig and Yogi and Sonia, our designer. I don't know where we would be without her. And of course, our, uh, our lovely partners, Rosalie for me and Colette and uh, Amanda for Craig and Yogi, respectively, who uh, the three of them sort of endure our madness. And I think, I don't know, I reckon they quietly shake their heads while they look at what we're going to get stuck into next. We've got a lot of things happening, a lot to look forward to. Well, we'll be seeing you out on the road now on the show today. Andy's got Billy Joe Porter for a cracking interview. I do love Billy's music or Billy Joe's music. She's very, very, very good, I think. I do do like her a lot. Bob McMillan back in with something to talk about and talking about the Hall of Fame and what's coming up there and uh, what you need to do. So stay tuned for that. Also, have a bit of a talk about what's going on at Bogabilla. Uh, there's been a bit going on out there. We all know uh, the uh, lawlessness that's happening out there. We've talked about that. As I said, I've tried to get the police minister. That will happen eventually, I'm sure. I did get uh, Mayor Lawrence Springborg from Gundawindi. Stay tuned for what he has to say directly after the news. And then, of course, I will be happily sharing my opinion, Minute with Mick style, straight after Lawrence's uh, contribution. Big show, uh, let's go. Let's get this show on the road. Yes, get over there. Have you ever come up behind a caravan wearing a big green sticker that says, I'm truck friendly? It's simply telling you that the driver you're following is a part of a growing safety-minded community of caravanners who actually want to help other road users, have a good understanding of safe towing practices, and have a UHF radio switched on and ready to communicate. If you too want to be a part of the solution and not the problem, find out more about the great truck-friendly caravan road safety program by visiting their Facebook page or website at www.truckfriendly.com.au. G'day, Andy here once again with the latest instalment from our Aussie Music Artist in the Spotlight series. Our guest this week is one of the most positive and upbeat singer-songwriters I've ever had the privilege of chatting with. She's a firm believer in the power of positivity, and as she explains when talking about her new self-titled album, she states, As I geared up to record my album, I couldn't help but wonder, what if this was my only shot at leaving a musical mark on the world? I realised that I wanted to have fun, spread happiness, and infuse some pure joy into people's lives. So I decided to ditch the heartbreak tunes, the You Did Me Wrong tracks, and the Screw You songs. She's enjoyed great success in songwriting competitions, wowed the audiences at this year's Tamworth Country Music Festival, as well as numerous other venues around the country. Currently on tour, performing the great songs from her new album, 
She's an enthusiastic and contagious ego-free artist who simply shares her music in the hope it will help to make the world a better place. Joining us once again for a chat about her new album, her latest single and her world in general is the delightful Billy Joe Porter. Billy Joe, welcome back to On The Road. Oh, lovely to be with you, Andy. How are you? I look, doing all right. Thank you. I was trying to think of how long it's been since we chatted. It's been a little while. Yeah, too long, but it's good to be chatting with you again now. Indeed it is. Now, a few things we didn't talk about last time. One in particular, the light bulb moment for you when you realised your true calling in life was inspired by a poster on the back of a bathroom door in Canada. There's a story to that, I'm sure. Oh, look, don't we all just go into the loo at times just to uh, recalibrate and take a moment? But (laughs) yeah, look, I saw that poster on the back of the toilet door as I was, you know, doing what I needed to do. Yeah. (laughs) And then I thought, a yoga festival. Wow, this sounds cool. And I just knew at that moment that I was going to go and I hadn't bought a ticket. It was not long till that festival was going to be happening. And I had no way of like getting there or no money to get a ticket. But I just knew deep down that I needed to go. And I found myself volunteering at that festival, which was great. It's an amazing thing you can do if you can't make it around to festivals. They do take volunteers. So if anyone's listening, wants to get somewhere but doesn't have the cash, volunteer, you never know. There's a hack. (laughs) Yeah, totally. So I went there as a volunteer and I got like a all-access pass as well. Mm -hmm. And one of those moments where I was listening to a lady talking about wealth and what that means. And usually when we think about wealth, we think about money, Mm. but also the things that could make you feel wealthy is, you know, a wealth of friends abundance, good times, like anything that you can have, you can feel wealth by having that. Mm. It's not necessarily all tied back to money. And we had a moment to think about our lives and think about what we really want. And I had a journal at the time. So I just started journaling and I knew instead of following the path that I was on of becoming a yoga teacher, which is what I was like thinking I wanted to at that time, because it made me feel happy something inside me just said, look, you've got to focus on your music. That's what you can do the most good. Yeah. And it wasn't until I quietened down that I realized that's my passion. I've been doing all along. I needed to focus more on that and make it happen. So here we are. Look, I'll fess up to something. When I first scanned through your bio there, I read it as being a yogurt festival and I thought, yeah, now that's my kind of festival. It was yoga and not yoga. (laughs) A big difference. Yeah, no, it is yoga. Yeah, good. Yeah. (laughs) Now, I heard a rumour that your introduction to one of your other great loves, being karate and martial arts and so on, came from being a massive Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle fan as a youngster. Is that true? Definitely. I feel like there's a certain generation of people that are just massive Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle fans. Yeah. And deep down, they just want to eat pizza and do martial arts. And that was that was me to the T. I was a big Michelangelo fan. And yeah, that led me down that path, which was an amazing experience as well. And something that I got a lot out of training in karate back in the day. Yeah. And you had some success too in competition, didn't you? Yeah, well, the club that I was part of, we went over to Okinawa, which is the birthplace of karate. Hmm. And there was a world tournament there and I threw my hat in the ring and I competed in that tournament. 
and yeah, it was such a really amazing experience to get over to Japan and be part of that and train with some fabulous karate masters and like me from a small town could not have imagined what an impact something like that would make. It just really goes to show that, you know, if you love something and you want to do it, you can make anything kind of happen. Make it happen, yeah. Well, just remind me never to get on your bad side because I, <laughs> I fear for what might happen to me. Now, getting back to music, which is what we're here for, since the last time we spoke, you've been incredibly busy. You've released your new self-titled album. What can listeners expect from the album? Oh, look, the album is just full of really great songs. Like, I don't want to toot my own horn here, but... Hey, go for it. <laughs> toot it away. I don't know. I, I turn it on and I listen to it and it just really makes me happy and lifts the vibe. In a lot of these songs, there's some reminders to just live in the moment and do the things that bring you joy and just experience life. Shane Nicholson recorded it for me and I wrote a lot of the songs, many of them by myself, but I co-wrote a lot of songs with other artists and I've got a couple of features on there. Mm. Kelly Bruhaha and Kevin Bennett are feature vocalists on the album. Yeah. Yeah, it just makes me happy listening to it and I, I feel like that's the reports coming back from the people that have heard it. They're loving it as well. So, yeah, I'm very excited. This is my debut album. Yeah. Who knows what to expect from here, but, yeah, I'm really excited about this one. Yeah, fantastic. Well, anything that puts a smile on your face has got to be a good thing, eh? Definitely. We all need a reason to smile and to get out of bed in the morning, so (laughs) these songs can definitely help put you on the right track. Fantastic. Now, we'll be having a listen to the new single Upside shortly, but what's the background story to how this great song came into being? Well, Upside was written with my friend Kylie Gale Mm -hmm. and we were in the pandemic and it was only just new. We had a show booked and it ended up getting cancelled and then we were like, oh, let's write a song then. So she came in with the idea of Upside in the Upside Down and we were just jamming on when life, you think it's going to go one way or another and then, like, you know, flash forward, you're kind of sitting around thinking, like, whoa, I didn't expect that happening. Yeah. Yeah, so learning to be able to navigate the ups and downs of life via doing the things that bring you joy and fill your cup and make you feel alive, I think that's something that when we get bogged down in the grind, we forget to look after ourselves and to just experience the moments that we're having and finding the things that are great about my day. So for me, I'm like always trying to think about things I'm grateful for. Mm. So in the morning when I have a great cup of coffee, I'm like, yes. Or at the moment it's wintertime, so we have a little fireplace. So anytime we get to have the fire on and sit around and take a moment, just watching the flames is a win. So Yeah, just want to really bat it on home to people that you're the captain of your own ship and although some bad things can happen, there's always some good things that you can find and when you start looking for those good things, that's when you find the upside and the upside down. Well, I've got to agree with you there. I've got a couple of years on you, probably a few more than a couple, but one thing I try to do is try and find something that I've not seen before or not experienced before or not done before and just take a moment to appreciate that as, you know, this is something new in a fairly long life so far, <laughs> uh, and appreciate it. And it is those sort of things that does put a smile on your face and, as you said, gives you a reason for getting out of bed. 
It's good. Yes, I love that. All right, I'm taking that on board. Yeah, no charge for that. <laughs> <laughs> now, as Willie Nelson would say, you're on the road again as we speak. How's that going so far? Oh, look, it's been awesome. I love getting out and playing live shows. So had some really great ones so far and got a few festivals and things to look forward to in the future. So yeah, it's been good. Like there's nothing better for me than getting out of the usual and getting to a new spot. So I'm loving that side of things and I'm I'm loving that opening the reach up a bit more and trying to get to a few new spots now that I've got my album. So Great. Bring it on. Yeah. Well, I'll put you on the spot. Where and when are your upcoming shows? Now, I've got a list in front of me if you get stuck. Oh, this is the test. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm heading to the Clarence Valley Camp Oven Festival. I like the sound of that. Oh, yeah, so do I. Mm. Everyone's cooking in camp ovens over open fires, so we get to taste it. Fantastic. Bring it on. And that's at Nimboida, is that right? Nimboida, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yep. Never been there. Oh, yeah, it's outside of Grafton. Okay. Yeah, so it should be good. Hmm. I'll be at the Mooney Beach Hotel, Woolgoo Brewing Company, the legendary Hoi Moe and Coffs, yep. and then up to Grafton and out to Caramba. And then I've got more and more shows that I'll be adding to my tour dates on my website, so keep your eyes peeled on that. Yeah, well, brilliant. Well, where can we go to find news about you and lists of your upcoming shows? Yeah, so billyjoeporter.com is my website, which links you through to everything, like my YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and my, it's got my tour dates on there and merch if anyone wants to get a copy of the album. Yeah, pretty active on Facebook and Instagram. Facebook, I have a, a live stream every Thursday night from around 7 p.m., which is a good lot of fun. Okay. I just muck around and be silly and play some songs. So, yeah, it's a good spot to have a bit of a smile and connect with other people that are into it as well. For sure. Well, it's been a pleasure to catch up again with Billy Joe Porter. I've got to tell you, every time I speak with you, it does put a smile on my face and leaves me feeling positive and like the world's a good place to be in. So, Billy Joe, thanks for finding the time to drop by for a chat again. Andy, I love always chatting with you. I feel like the same. So thanks for having me. Well, it's time for us to have a listen to your new single. Would you please introduce it for us? All right. This is Billy Joe Porter and you're about to hear my brand new single, Upside on On the Road. Late night by a fireside Thinking about life with some cheap red wine Oh, spilling the beans About broken dreams Why aren't things like the magazines? Life is slipping through my fingertips Feeling broken in an upside down world Beat down, kicked out to the curb me feel alive talk myself around rebound find me upside in this upside down it got real hard banging my head against that same brick wall oh trying to hold on and let go can i make peace with the air band
I finally found some peace and quiet. Oh, nobody gonna break my stride. Nobody's gonna put out this fire. Smiling now, coming from the flip side. There's nothing more devastating for a truck operator than to be involved in a serious road incident. We've all seen the impact of heavy vehicle accidents and at these times, when people are most vulnerable, it's critical that they have immediate support from a strong, stable, reliable and experienced organisation. NTI is Australia's number one truck insurer, the specialist you can count on to protect your transport and logistics assets, with the know-how to take control of the situation and the capability to reduce lost income by getting trucks back on the road again as soon as possible. Specialist products, experienced people, accredited repair and recovery networks and industry advocacy is what we do. It's our specialty and we've been doing it for more than 45 years. For more information, visit the website at nti.com.au or go to the NTI Facebook page. Here on the road, it's time for the news. G'day Mike, how you doing mate? I'm doing wonderfully well mate. Raining down here at the moment, it looks like I'm going to need to get me floaties out, right? Raining and cold. Lovely. Raining and cold. The uh, ice is sort of blowing up off the highlands and, uh, yeah, we, we, we're having a bit of climate change down here, mate. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's going the wrong direction. Well, it had to happen, didn't it? It did, yeah. Yeah. Well, we're, we're doing all right up here, mate. The temperature's quite nice. No rain. I mean, it's oh. cool. Right, eh? I, I actually had to button my shirt up this morning, but, you know. Oh, no. Yeah. No good. There you go. You right? It's, yeah, it's good. School holidays, mate. We had the grandkids around for the day this week. Awesome. Yeah, always nice to have some time with them. How's your pantry? Oh, you're yeah, yeah, pretty much empty now. <laughs> you did say pantry, didn't you? I did say pantry, yep. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, good. It was good, mate. Brought back a lot of memories of, of when my kids were young. and Right. I remember my wife was pregnant with our son, our eldest, that's the kid's dad. And yeah. He arrived on the planet pretty damn quickly and when the missus went into labour without warning you know young fella first time and all that yeah i immediately rang the hospital list to find out what i should do yeah i was a bit panicky and i said look she's going into labour and i'm not sure what i should do mm. and the nurse said is this a first child and i said no it's a husband <laughs> stupid woman i knew that was coming i, I knew it it's like a road accident yeah. it's inevitable you're just looking at it yeah yeah i can see what's going to happen there it is. I actually looked up dad jokes. Yeah. A few of the words they used to describe dad jokes were pleasant, endearing, yep. and innocent. That's right. That's that's a dad joke through and through. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think there should be more of them. So do I. I'm doing my part. 
Well, no, no, I, and, I, and I appreciate your commitment to the genre, mate. I really do. It's, uh, the least I can do. <laughs> I, know the, I know the Kiwis love it anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's not get started on the Kiwis. Yeah. Shall we roll into the news, buddy? Well, shall. Do you want to hear about news we're not going to talk about first? Oh, of course, yeah. The stuff we're not going to talk about. Well, there's there's a lot of stuff that we're not going to talk about. It's amazing that some of this stuff is actually considered news. But anyway, mm. uh, there's uh, farmers are welcoming a fast-tracked rural freight review. Right. So I don't, I don't know what that means, but you're going to have to have a bit of a look about it. They're saying that issues in the pandemic and the war in Ukraine have exposed Australia's supply chain. I really don't know how something going on in the Ukraine exposes our supply chain, but anyway. Yeah, I can see the connection. Not We're talking about it now. We've got to stop. Mm. Compensation premiums are going up. We're going to talk about that shortly. I don't know what I'm doing talking about that. Mm. Transport bureaucrats are always picking the low-hanging fruit. Well, that's something we already know. We don't need to talk about that. Yep. Transurban have completed an automated truck trial. We don't need to talk about that either because I can't see that happening. No. Who would they who would they book and who would do all the free work if we had automated trucks? Yeah, well there is that. Someone's talking about uniting the transport industry. Good good luck with that. <laughs> no, we we should talk about that. We should talk about it, but we're not gonna, <laughs> mate. We haven't got like six weeks. Okay. Audi drivers are protesting about safety concerns. Uh, yeah, I, I'd love to talk about that some more, but we really don't have time to go into all that. He you know, was that Audi drivers? Audi, Audi, A L D or Audi. Oh, Audi. I thought you said Audi drivers. I was going to say they should just go and buy a Volvo. That's right. If they're worried about safety. Bloody Audi drivers. Hmm. I saw one of those the other day. You know, the indicators actually work on those if you move that little stalky thing on the steering wheel. Hmm. Yeah, no, that's interesting. Uh, Hino have added more silverware to their packed trophy cabinet. Oh, good. We're not talking about that either. Energy okay. Australia trialled a photon electric truck at a power station. That's We're not talking about that. There are so many jokes there, mate. That's the news we're not talking about. Good. Do you want to, do you want to get on to the news we are going to talk about? We'll get on to the stuff we are going to talk we're about, not. mate. First up this week... Yep. Federal parliamentarians in Canberra are being lobbied by a road transport industry delegation calling for urgent reform to the now-defunct Road Safety Remuneration Tribunal. Yeah, they are. The Labor Party have been saying they're going to do this, like, forever. It's never... You know, they haven't hit, They haven't hidden the ball on this one. No. Um, this has been something that's going to happen. I have to laugh, though, right? Chris Rowe and Gordon McKinlay, I know both of those guys personally, mm. and they've been there... Two vocal opponents to the now-defunct Road Safety Remuneration Tribunal. I don't think they were opponents. I think they were pretty much advocating for it. And I know certainly Chris Rowe loves the idea of safe rates and mm. rates being set and all that sort of stuff. So I can't understand how anyone could say that they were vocal opponents of it. The National Road Freighters Association board members have said it's groundbreaking for the industry to be now so united uh, and it is. We're all sort of singing off the same hymn sheet. We're all agreeing that there are things that need to be changed. Obviously, the old road safety remuneration tribunal was a divisive thing. I never personally had anything against the tribunal. I did have issues with the orders, and that was always been the case. I'm well on the record of saying that. I look at the pictures, and I see some of the faces there in the pictures, and I wonder what their motivations are. Um, obviously... Michael Kane, our mate Michael, yeah. uh, has uh, said the scale of the crisis in road transport has hastened an unprecedented cooperation in the industry. I think he's right about that. 
Mm. I do think that they're going to run into some drama, though, if they come down this track of legislated safe rates. I really do think that they'll get some opposition if they do that. 2016, when the RSRT was abolished, the gig economy didn't exist. But now we have things like the gig economy, and we know a bit about that because Michael talked about it. But we've also got these load boards happening now, which are, in my opinion, Dutch auctions. Like The way they work seems as though they're just an endless race to the bottom and people taking unsustainable rates to do silly things. Yep. And, and like Bob McMillan says, we don't know whether they're desperate or stupid. It's one or the other. And, uh, of course, the more desperate they get, the more stupid they get, the more stupid it gets. Mm. So we need, to, we need to do something to arrest all that. And I'd like to think that the government can get in front of that and make some rules and regulations about it. And I certainly do like Bob's idea of a bit of transparency from the top down. I'd like to see that happen. That's a conversation we should be having. But having said that, it's nice to see people getting behind it. Well done, Chris. We'll have a talk about safe rates anytime you like, mate. Yeah, well, you know, as you say, we're all singing off the same song sheet. The only issue there is that it's the same song sheet that's the hymn that was written in the year 1247 <laughs> that we're still singing. So anyway. Yeah, no, they can't. They don't understand. I don't think they've they grasped the idea yet that everyone has got a different set of requirements. Not everyone's got the same bottom line. Mm. Not everyone's got the same expenses. And I think that in a free market capitalist economy, which we supposedly are, um, people have every right to go broke if that's the, if they want to, you know. Yeah. And uh, I don't think that we should be held to be doing what someone else does because some shiny person with a pencil in their hand has got the idea that this is what we should be doing. Mm. We should be able to negotiate our rights, but there should be some limits too, and there should be a certain amount of transparency. I think that that's what we should be shooting at. Not, uh, Absolutely. Yeah. All yep. right, mate, next. Mate, friend of on the road, Heather Jones from the Pilbara Heavy Haulage Girls. Hi, Heather. How are you? Has again raised the issue of the lack of toilet facilities and clean ones at that. Yeah. On the main freight routes in WA with the state's opposition leader joining the fight, demanding the state's Minister for Transport do more to address the issue. Yeah, I think the state's Minister for Transport ought to get her backside into a truck and go up to the Thunderbox at, uh, at the Chitties. And, and go in there and enjoy the experience. <laughs> because I reckon if they had the bastards in Parliament House, things would soon change. Soak in the atmosphere. Soak reckon. in the atmosphere on a 40-degree day in the Thunderbox at the Chitties yeah. with the flies. and Bring your own mask. Bring your own mask. I tell you what, mate, I was almost... To the, seriously, I walked in there and one day and I almost dry-reached. Just for the, you know, it's just unbelievable. You've really got a need to go, you know. Yeah. In fact, it's almost preferable to find the one tree standing out there and go over by that. Yeah, I tell you, it's it's a credit to some of these people that they do the work that they do up there, and certainly there is a budget to go. Look, no one says it's easy trying to maintain all these things, you know. I wouldn't even try and suggest that that trying to keep up with rest areas and parking bays and keeping things clean and trying to get all the, all the ducks in a row there would be an easy thing. But the fact is we rely on our uh, our governments, councils, etc., to to provide these facilities. And as we've already said, the transport industry is almost 
a fifth of the nation's GDP. Yeah. We deserve to be recognised and we deserve to be looked after, you know. We deserve to have some facilities. If you wouldn't put up with it in your office, why should we put up with it on the road? Yeah. You know? That's all. You know? Well, the minister was saying, mate, that, you know, it's it's such an expansive area that they can't be expected to be able to monitor all the, the spots. But mm. how hard would it be? How much would it cost to stick some young bloke who's out of work in a car for a few days, yeah. once a month, yeah. and send him off for a drive with a clipboard and a pencil and say, make some notes, bring it back to us? Yeah, well, even they, but they're saying even local road train assemblies have no showers, no toilets, no rubbish bins. Hmm. You know, we don't want gold, to use the steel words from your mate Rod Hanafy, we don't want gold-plated B-days. That's not what we want. What we want... Oh, well, that'd be nice. That'd be nice, but mm. most of us would be happy with a stainless steel box that you could hose out with a fire hose. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, have a look at the uh, these uh, exo-loos and all that sort of thing that look after themselves. Yep. I mean, it's not that hard. I, I admit... That there are guys out there, guys and girls out there, some of them are absolute pigs, right? Mm. And and that is the way it is. We get it in every industry, there's good and there's bad, you know? But I honestly don't believe that uh, removing rubbish bins uh, is the right way to go because there are those out there that say, oh, well, you remove the rubbish bin, I'll just throw the rubbish on the road. Yeah. You know, that doesn't solve the problem. It moves it somewhere else. Yep. Uh, there are a lot of blokes out there who will bag their rubbish. I know I certainly do. I have a rubbish bin in the truck, and when I come to a place where I can dispose of it appropriately, I do. Uh, and, and I'd like to think that most blokes do. Uh, there are some out there that take any opportunity, and uh, they're the bad ones. But removing the bins isn't the answer. Removing something only transports the problem somewhere else. Mm. Uh, you know, there are guys that are, are struggling to find a place to go to the toilet. Women, we want to get women into the industry. I would have to ask if you would be happy if your daughter, your sister, your mum had to uh, go out there and just squat behind a tree yep. to, to go to the bathroom. To powder their nose. Yeah. I mean, hmm. the other part about this too, we deserve to be able to have a shower. Do you have a shower every day? I know I do. Yeah. Hmm. You know? And it's like 40 degrees out there. Gets a little bit sweaty in the armpits. The player comfort level might suffer a little bit in those sort of conditions. You might enjoy a shower. Yeah, well, it's not England where you have a shower once a month whether you need it or not. That's right. Mm. The government have secured tens of million dollars to do this sort of thing. Um, the, the fact of the matter is it really should happen. We pay our taxes. We deserve it to happen. Uh, they certainly take enough out of the transport industry. It's about time some of these governments gave some things back. Mm. That's all I've got to say on that one, mate. Next. Mike, with workers' compensation premiums skyrocketing, Nat Road says that the operators in New South Wales and Victoria are bracing for major financial hits. Absolutely everything is going up. Everything goes up. We all, we all understand that. Mm. The work cover compensation is uh, one of those things. I mean, look, I can't whinge about Work cover, I've certainly been the recipient of it over the last several months since I injured my shoulder. Hmm. Uh, having said that, uh, I've lost a substantial amount of money because of the level of the compensation with respect to my pre-injury uh, average weekly earnings. I certainly wasn't, I'm certainly not getting paid what I was to be at work. Um, I thought you were going to say you'd lost a substantial amount of weight. 
Oh, no, I put on a substantial amount of weight because I've been sitting on my ass because I've been waiting to get in and get things fixed. Mm. I mean, that's another issue. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, you, you have a couple of different things. You've got people that are invading your life from these insurance companies trying to, trying to uh, look at what you're doing. And believe me, they look at you with a fine-tooth comb. Anyone would think I fell down and busted my shoulder on purpose, you know. Because, mm. um, yeah, I, I, I like to lose 500 a week. And that's because that's what it's cost me. Yep. The reality for me is that I'm lucky. I'm on. I'm. I'm. Uh, was appropriately insured, and I'm certainly being paid enough to meet my expenses. But this. But life has changed substantially, mm. and I want to go back to work. Mm. Um, admittedly, there are some problems with some people who may rot the system, and I understand the insurance companies want to talk about that. But the and the, and the rates go up all the time. It's we've got so many things happening in the transport to get away from my issue. The costs are not negotiable. You can't avoid any of them, right? Yep. The rate that the, the the road user charges, the fuel prices, the mechanics bills, you know, tolls. You can't escape any of that sort of stuff. In fact, you can't even escape North Connects. You have to use it. Yep. You know, or you get a fine. Mm. One or the other. There, there's your choice. Mm. Uh, and, and that's the way it is for a lot of things within the trucking industry. We can't avoid, defer, delay, or even sometimes pass on the costs. The customers simply don't wear it, right? Yeah. ICARE have estimated they've paid out $1.5 billion in premium revenue. Okay, that's a lot of money. But how much have they taken in? Every single business has to have work cover insurance. That's true. How much have they taken in? Mm. I don't care how much they've spent. Um, for, for me, if they're, if they're spending the money and they're doing the investigations as they should be, then how much they've spent irrelevant. It's the same as how much the bank spent. Irrelevant. You're making a profit. That's the way of it. Yeah, but you can fairly safely assume that they'd be spending a lot less than they've got coming in. Well, you'd like to think that that would be the case if they're managing their business properly, wouldn't you? Mm. You know. Mm. But anyway, I mean, they know how to charge. They certainly don't miss you. I've had long conversations with several people about it. Nat Road is right on this. They're a blow. It's a blow to the industry, obviously, but it's a blow to every single employer. It doesn't just apply to transport. We wonder why we've got inflation. We better put the interest rates up and give the banks some more money. That'll fix it. Yeah, that'll work. Next. Yep. Mm. Next. <laughs> Unless you've got something to add, mate. you got something to add there. You're Not right, really, or? mate. I think you've just about covered that nicely. I can't think of anything else I can say. Warren Clark's right. There you go. That'll do. To finish us up for the week, we've got one from the It's About Bloody Time Files. Yeah. Uh, Police have arrested and charged a 23-year-old Brisbane woman with a string of offences after she climbed a monopole in what we used to call in the old days a sit-in, causing massive problems for truckies and peak hour traffic at the Port of Brisbane. Yeah. You know what? You know the thing I found wildly amusing about that when I was watching on the news. Well, yeah, no. she was she was screaming for the police to come and protect her. No, <laughs> call the cops! Call the cops! Call the cops! So she was sitting oh. on a pole. Uh, no, that's the one. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm talking about the one that was sitting between the cars, the one that changed itself between the cars. No, this was this is the one that was sitting on a monopole, which which I thought was quite interesting because I always thought a monopole was a cigar, isn't it? I don't know. Monopole. Well, yeah. Are we talking about the right story? Uh, well, the one you sent me. 
was about a 23-year-old Brisbane woman who was arrested for a string of offences after she climbed a monopole. Righto. Yeah. No, well, look, I'm happy to talk about all of it because it's all stupid. Oh, absolutely. 23-year-old Mount Cravat East woman. Yeah. Um, 23. 23. Mm. Life hasn't kicked her in the ass anywhere near enough yet. She wants to buckle us. She wants to buckle up because you know, it's going to happen, isn't it? Oh, by the way, do you, you realise the world ended yesterday? No, but I heard it was um, what was it called? Armageddon Day or something? It was Armageddon Day. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Greta Greta Thunberg uh, predicted that the world was going to end uh, yesterday. So I've survived another one. So have you? Well, Greta Thunberg was wrong. Yeah, Greta Thunberg was wrong. Oh, you? God, what has the world come to? If we can't trust you? good old Greta. Who knew? Mm. How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> she was wrong. Mm. Oh, how dare you? Oh, yeah. Perhaps she needs to go and sit up. on a cigar somewhere. Maybe she does. Mm. <laughs> New South Wales Premier Chris Minns said that while people have the right to demonstrate, protests in precarious sites put emergency service personnel at risk. They absolutely do. You know what? I, I I've got to tell you. Yeah. I'm wondering why the, the New South Wales Premier's com, commenting on this story now. Oh well, why wouldn't he comment about everything else? Right, eh? Emergency services workers, particularly the police, are put in extreme danger. He said on Two GB Radio. Mm. Extreme danger. You want to know what else is extreme in the danger department? I've got a few ideas, but go on. <laughs> <laughs> Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Mm. Oh, man. Mm. Good to see one of them getting arrested, though. Did you see that? Uh, have you seen that video going around on social media? Or the, I think it was someone in France, and they blocked the road, and they stand there, and it's nighttime, and the, all of a sudden this big safety cone comes sailing out of the scrub and poles this protest affair in the bollard and flattens them to the ground. Have you seen that one? No, but I'm sure it was an accident. It was. Mm. It probably was. You've <laughs> got to watch out for falling safety cones. Yeah, it happens far too often. <laughs> it does happen far too often. <laughs> Mate, um, just to top, have we done with that one? Do you want to add some more to that? Oh, not really. I, I thought you were going to get fired right up over well, that, Well, no, mate, it, just the, the fact that it's just the one, you know, you say it's a good thing yeah. that one's been arrested. Well, no, it's not. Yeah. They all need to be yeah. arrested. They do. They need to be They need to be dragged aside. They're allowed to have, you have protests, stand there with a banner, I really don't care. But when you start stopping people doing things, then... Your liberty only extends to the point where it affects others, doesn't it? Well, what happens when a few blokes stop their trucks on the M1 down the Gold Coast way there somewhere? What happens to them? Do they let them sit there? No, they didn't. They actually told them if they didn't move their trucks immediately, they'd be arrested, remember? Yeah. yeah. Funny funny that. Yep. Funny that. You've got to be young and pretty to get listened to these days, I'm told. Well, I've been told that that's true. Mm. We know it. To, we know it to be true. Mm. If you're protesting the right thing, you're allowed to protest. The police will just stand there and and just watch you do it. Yep. But if you're protesting the wrong thing, God help you. Yeah. Anyway. There you go. Um, just to keep everyone up to date, so that's done. Mm. Before you come in, we've just got. To, I just want to update the the listeners on some news that's been going on with uh, with respect to what's going on out at Bogabilla. Mm. You may well be across that conversation, Andy. I don't know, but you know that there's been some assaults and some crimes and some uh, some uh, uh, evil and or badness being done out there, as the white winged warrior would say. Yes, yes. Ben, we need the white winged warrior out there to combat evil, don't we? We do. That would that would be handy. Mm. 
the information that I have at the moment is that uh, the minister is still waiting to be uh, to be briefed before they're prepared to make a statement. Uh, obviously, politicians do need to be given a certain amount of latitude. You know, I'm fairly tolerant of politicians, don't you? I, I heard the rumour. Well, you know, I, I understand that they that you know they don't like to say things that they don't mean. They certainly don't like to make promises they can't keep. On which planet is that? So, sorry, mate. I, I just got struck by lightning. <laughs> Good. <laughs> now, in all seriousness, it's a little bit hard to get a statement out of them at the moment on on what's going on at Bogabilla. They all do understand what's going on out there. They all do appreciate it's a problem. Mm. I've had a I've had a chat with several uh, chiefs of staff and representatives of different agencies, etc. Uh, they all agree that it's a problem and it's being dealt with as best it can be at the moment. That doesn't put extra policemen on the ground at Bogabilla and it doesn't mean you're safe. So all I can say to our colleagues and friends that are listening to this, if you're a, tr- if you're a driver and you're heading up towards the Queensland border at Bogabilla, Gundawindi, remember that camera's there and remember that you won't get cut any slack if you breathe the wrong way going through that. Mm. I would recommend to you, if you are in fear of your safety, that you do go through it, though, and go to court. I uh, would do that. That's what I would do if it was me. I would go to court and explain to the magistrate why I'd done it, Mm. because you're in fear of your safety. The closest place where you can pull up uh, with a reasonable hope of being safe for arrest is Moree, apparently, these days. Mm. It really does pain me to say that. Some people are even saying Balladder, which is further south than Moree. So we have to wonder what's going on in this great country of ours when we are thinking about where it's safe to pull up for a rest. Yep. Once upon a time, you could pull up anywhere. Mm. Our world's changing. I don't like it. I'm hearing you. So that's that, mate. That's all I've got. All right, buddy. Well, thought for the week kind of ties into the last story about a young lady sitting up on the pole. Right. It's the wise words of William Shakespeare, who who was just light years ahead of his time, obviously, when he said, methinks the lady doth protest too much. (laughs) Go, William. He knew it. Sometimes they do, don't they? Saw it coming. Saw it coming. Righto, brother. You take care of yourself. And you. We'll catch up with you. Catch up with you later on. Yeah. See you in the soup. Billy Joe Porter, and you're listening to On The Road Radio and Podcast. Lawrence, Springboard Mayor of the Gundawindi Council, it's lovely to catch up with you. Now, what we just got to talk about quickly, I heard you on Ray Hadley there the other day, and look, I appreciate what's going on in New South Wales, not your circus and it's not your monkeys, I know that, right? But the, the, it's happening very close to your your council area, and uh, I suppose more than anything, I just wanted to touch base with you and find out if there's been any further developments from Mr. Hadley's conversation. I'm, I don't want to go into the list of long list of uh, events that have happened. I know we're all aware of what they are. What can you say to add to the conversation? I know you're not responsible for the enforcement or anything like that, but as a councillor, you must be concerned with what's happening. Oh, look, we're very, very concerned about what's happening, Mike, and Whilst, as councils, we don't have powers to make state laws, and obviously there's good reason for that. That's the province of state government. But when it comes to, you know, criminal law, uh, the courts, police, your justice system, they are the province of the 
the constitution uh, of the of the states and territories insofar as what we're dealing with here. But we are particularly concerned as a council with regards to this level of lawlessness and the impact that it's having on our community and our shared cross-border community. Now in Queensland and other places around Australia, we're seeing an escalation of this sort of criminal behaviour, property crime, uh, motor vehicle thefts, assaults on people, and it's just compounded in our situation with border. I mean, for example, we've had a problem over quite a few years with regards to juvenile offenders, property crime, they'll steal cars, they'll burn them out. You know, often they're crimes of opportunity, but we've seen escalations of it with regards to the frequency and the severity of it. And this comes with a very, very real impact on our community. People are concerned about their own safety. They're very upset and annoyed about this. Uh, and they just hate the fact that it's a revolving door and that there is no line in the stand for these characters and their brazenness and what they're doing is escalating. And of course, being on the border, there's a cross-pollination. You know, and I can walk from my office uh, in the council in under two minutes, I can walk into New South Wales. So that's it, you know, and of course, it's impacting not on uh, not only on our communities on either side of the border, but on our travellers. And more recently, of course, we've had uh, those involved in the trucking industry who are just minding their own business, having a bit of a kip, being dragged out and assaulted. And that's just quite appalling. Everything is appalling, but that level of escalation is just not acceptable. But I understand in relation to that particular case that um, it had been linked to a number of other offences. That's the allegation. The police have actually, as I understand it, made some um, uh, arrests, I think, in association with that. And now it'll be a matter of uh, the courts dealing with it. But frankly, it needs to be cracked down. Yeah, no, look, you haven't said anything there that's a surprise to anyone that's listening. And uh, we all feel the same way about it. And from my point of view, obviously, I'm I'm hearing from drivers who are very concerned about their safety, and obviously, I'm sure you're aware. You know, the 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 national heavy heavy vehicle law requires drivers to pull up and have mandated brakes, and uh, that camera, that safety cam there between Bogabilla and and Gundawindi, creates some concern for drivers. And uh, I've, I've had a chat with the NHVR, the National Heavy Vehicle Regulator, about that. And obviously, they're saying that the rules are there and unfortunately, they have to enforce them and they do. No one argues that. It's, it's a no-win situation for law-abiding citizens. And that's the concern, I think, and the, and the frustration mostly, particularly from the truck drivers. The trucking industry and the freight logistics sector is becoming increasingly important in our society. It always has been. But if you look at this day and age of just-in-time inventory, yeah. uh, the, in, the increasing specialisation that happens, the demands, you know, just the growing consumerism, all of these sorts of things, freight logistics is becoming increasingly important. Indeed, only recently the Queensland Trucking Association had an evening in Gundawindi, which was fantastic, and they had their CEO... Gary Mann there and he gave an outstanding presentation to all of those present and there were many luminaries from the trucking industry, not only from locally but also known state and nationally. And they indicated the extent of the, the freight task that's being looked at, not only now but growing into the future. And we're seeing, you know, we're seeing compounding requirements 
Mm. Uh, to the extent that the industry itself, the road transport industry, will be hardly able to keep up, and then its integration you know, with rail is going to be critically important. But the great thing about the trucking industry is it's been so nimble and it's been so capable and it's been so adaptable and so efficient and so effective. And so we don't need anything that disrupts that. I mean, it's a highly regulated industry. And, you know, of course, there are reasons for that. But to the extent, you know, there, there, there is little, there's virtually no leeway. So the drivers themselves, and you're very well aware of this, yeah. and the drivers are more aware of They live it every day. You know, they have no flexibility. So they have to pull up. They have to do what they want to do. And they need to be able to do that in a safe way. So a law-abiding citizen who's doing everything they can to comply with it, any burden of regulation should be protected by the instruments state, you know, in, in, the, in the, being able to meet their obligations. They should be able to pull up safely anywhere and know that they're going to be, you know, protected, you know, that they can, that, that, that's another thing they don't have to worry about. Yeah. I suppose we could round this out with uh, a quick conversation. I'm sure you're aware of Senator Glenn Stirl's, uh Rest Area Committee that's being done in Canberra at the moment and the millions of dollars that have been there allocated by the uh, the federal government to put into rest areas. Are you aware that you can tap into that money by applying for it? Is that sort of information floated your way? Look, I'm not aware of all of the details with regards to that, Mike, but across our area there has been continuous upgrades uh, with regards to the rest areas over the last couple of years and I suspect uh, tapping into that fund that, that's available particularly on the national highway component so we are seeing those particular upgrades in our area not only on the national but also on the state highway so on the Gore and also on the Cunningham and we're seeing better facilities, better um, rest areas and of course the associated amenities with regards to it as well so that's critically important. That's critically important, and that needs to be you know, a safe and a clean and inviting area, uh, you know, for our for our drivers. So, you know, and as I said, we're seeing more of that happen, and more investment in our area, and uh, we are grateful for that. And the other thing that we are very, very keen on as well, with Gundawindi being basically when you come across the border into into Queensland, you go you go five ways, as you're aware. Heading up from Leichhardt, the Gore, Barwon, Cunningham, you know, River Road, where we've got increasingly uh, more of the intensive animal industries. And uh, you know, from our perspective, making sure that you know, we are in the frame for the necessary road investments and upgrades for that national highway network is critically important because we don't necessarily have this connect because there's been an arrangement in New South Wales where the state government is co-invested in the Newell along with the Commonwealth uh, to get a significant upgrade there. And, of course, we've been just uh, you know, lobbying very, very hard to get uh, the same sorts of upgrades in Queensland on the 80-20 basis uh, for the Gore and the Leichhardt. So not only do we need better rest areas and facilities, but it's also, and, and that's happening, but it's also with regards to investments in the, of the roads so they can meet the increasing freight tasks and also the larger vehicles and more of them that are on the road because Gundawindi is not the busiest road in the outer Queensland, but from a freight and logistics point of view, it is the busiest. It carries more freight, that carries more freight than the M1. It's critically important. We're proud of that fact. 
uh, we drive that as a, as, as, as a major consideration for our area. So, and we've just managed to secure from the state and the Commonwealth $45 million for flood. Uh, it's an upgrade of a floodway on the uh, Gore Highway on the Wyaga Creek Cross, so that's Kilbronny. That will be a major improvement for the future because over the last two or three years, it was probably cut for two months in one year just with the you know, above average rate event. So we're doing everything we can to try to assist not only the transport industry, but everyone who uses roads, but we understand the criticality and the importance of the freight transport industry, the drivers that go with them and their professionalism. Well, thanks, thanks very much, Lawrence. I, look, I, I appreciate your time. Obviously, there's a lot more stuff we could cover. Look forward to seeing what happens up there, and I'm pleased that you're aware of it and taking serious uh, look at it. Thanks. Thank you very much, and thank you for what your industry does. It's greatly appreciated. We do our best, mate. We do. Thank you. That was Mayor Lawrence Springborg from Gundawindi. Now, some of you will remember Lawrence was the uh, state opposition leader there in Queensland for a while. He did replace Campbell Newman, I think, from memory. Anyway, he's now the Mayor of Gundawindi, completely aware of what's going on out there. Sorry for the quality of the audio, but Lawrence was in the car at the time. And as I say, thank him for taking the time out to take my phone call and have a bit of a chat. We are looking at what's going on there in Bogabilla, uh, keeping an eye on it. As soon as I've got any more developments, then I shall be bringing them to you. Stay tuned. We are after the New South Wales Police Minister, uh, Yasmin Catley, to have a conversation with her. And I'm sure that that will happen uh, when they've got their ducks in a row. I want to know what's going on with policing at Bogabilla. I certainly want to know that my colleagues, our colleagues, driving trucks are safe when they pull up for arrest. And I feel that it is our state's responsibility to make sure that that happens, no matter what the cost. If that means putting 50 police officers there for a couple of months to sort that shit fight out, then that's what should happen in my view. People have to obey the law. I have to obey the law. All the truckies have to obey the law. We're required to have rest breaks. And for what happened with the NHVR on their social media to basically say, plan your trip, consider stopping at Balata, to me, that's not good enough. Now, you can't expect the NHVR to turn the camera off at Bogabilla. That's unrealistic. People are demanding that. They're saying they've got to turn the camera off. The NHVR have to apply the law as it's promulgated. They don't make the law. They don't make the rules. And I think some people who want to be a little bit sensible need to get their head around that fact. The NHVR don't make the laws, right? The laws are a shit fight. They have been for a long time. Blame the NTC for that. Blame the people that promulgate the laws and pass them. The police don't make the laws. Individual police officers don't make the laws. The NHVR don't make the law. Individual compliance officers at the NHVR don't make the law. They have a, a set of guidelines that they have to work within. We all know that to be true. In, the, in our heart of hearts, we know that that's the case. You cannot blame them for doing what they do. Having said that, it's absolutely ridiculous to me that the NHVR come out and recommend, well, plan your trip. We can't do anything to protect you. And I'm sure that the NHVR can't. It's not their role. The NHVR are not there 
to police hooliganism, acts of crime or violence. That's not their job, right? We have to be a little bit objective, and I'm trying to be objective. It is the responsibility of our state police departments to protect the safety of its citizens. If the police don't do that, then it really shouldn't be a surprise if their acts of vigilantism, as wrong as, it, as, as wrong as they are, it really shouldn't be a surprise when that happens. Mark my words, if things don't change up there, I will not be surprised if someone doesn't do something as silly as it may be to protect themselves. It's not silly. If you're there in the moment and you're trying to protect yourself, you will do whatever you think is reasonable, no matter how it turns out. In the moment, you'll do what you need to do. You may regret it afterwards, but too late. It will have been done. And there'll be people up there who may well be mourning individuals who have been seriously injured or lost their lives because our police department aren't getting off their ass and doing what it takes to protect us. That's what they're supposed to do. I call upon the government to make the necessary arrangements, assign an appropriate amount of officers up there for the time to get the shit sorted out and do what we ask them to do. They've got no problem taking our tax money. They've got no problem creating these laws. They've got no problem enforcing the laws. Christ, we saw that through COVID. They were very happy to enforce the laws then. Enforce the laws now. Get up there, sort it out, and save us from the criminal element that are making our life miserable and threatening our safety. Righto, that's all I've got to say about it. Let's wait and see what happens. I'll be after the interview with the police minister. And if it doesn't happen, I'll tell you, that'll be something to talk about. G'day, guys. How are you going? As you know, the Trucking Life magazine is back and it's going to be available at the Casino Truck Show. But if you're not going to be there, the best way to get it is to get your yearly subscription and you'll get four magazines throughout the year, quarterly, delivered to your doorstep. Absolutely action-packed with articles, new riders, some of the old that you probably remember from years ago, old trucks, new trucks, big posters in the middle. There's got to be heaps. So jump over, get your yearly subscription for just 60 bucks. And that's four magazines throughout the year. Otherwise, we'll see you at the Casino Truck Show for our first read. Oh, yeah, I nearly forgot. Head over to truckinglife.net.au. Don't miss out. Hi there, this is Bob McMillan. Um, about this time of the year each year, I uh, start to get a little bit uh, excited and... Um, Keen as mustard, uh, start preparing, uh, organising numbers for the rooms I have booked and all that sort of thing for the uh, annual reunion at the uh, Hall of Fame in Alice Springs. Um, the new people at Alice Springs call it the Festival of Transport, but to us uh, senior operators who've been uh, going up there and uh, dusting off our stories for as many years as we have, uh, we still call it the reunion. So either way... It's uh, still the annual event at the Hall of Fame in Alice Springs in the last full weekend of August every year, which is a tradition that's been uh, kept alive, thank, thank goodness. Uh, the dates this year are the 24th, the 25th, the 26th and the 27th of uh, August, um, the 25th, 26th and 27th being the main days, but uh, we always try to get there on the 24th to 
catch up with a few early starters and um, be in good shape for the beginning of the uh, women's breakfast on the Friday morning at 8 o'clock and then it all takes off from there. Anyway, I'd like to encourage everyone to uh, think about going. Um, this year's a special year because uh, uh, there's a special commemoration um, for the six men on Razorback on the 2nd of August in 1979. Um, the only place there's any record of their achievement and their their uh, the action they took, which was turned out to be really great, uh, is on Razorback itself. And uh, the Road Transport Hall of Fame, uh, to me, is the main custodian of uh, Australian road transport history and um, the, the trucks they have out there, the names on the Wall of Fame, and there's a lot of them now, and of course the Kenworth Hall of Fame itself. They're all uh, uh, they all point to the fact that it's a uh, it's the number one site for history to be preserved. So uh, I thought it was only fitting that um, the men on Razorback be honoured there as well, even though four of them already are there honoured as as uh, as just um, as um, inductees on the Wall of Fame, but uh, as far as I'm concerned, they deserve special recognition and um, the Hall of Fame has, uh, in its wisdom, decided to do that. They're starting a new inaugural... Uh, they're starting a new uh, award called History Makers in Road Transport and uh, the six men on Razorback, the five men on the hill and, and uh, Carl down on the bottom road, uh, where he made it really effective, um, they're all to be honoured as the very first recipients of the of recognition as the uh, history makers in road transport. So that makes it pretty special this year. And uh, it's not real long to go, uh, but there's still accommodation available. Um, there's plenty of places up there. The first thing you need to do ensure if you're uh, booking accommodation is that they have secure parking for you. Um, to my knowledge, just about every uh, venue up there has secure parking, but uh, there is an issue at one of them where uh, they have underground parking for so many cars, but not for all their rooms. And uh, I'd be uh, I'd be just double checking. That's the only thing. And as far as caravans parks go, there's camping at the Hall of Fame site. You can talk to uh, the uh, the people up there, and they will uh, they will let you know what vacancies they have. Uh, but the other two that well, I think there's three caravan parks uh, in da- in Alice Springs, and um, I've used one of them. I've camped at one of them a couple of times, and I've visited friends at the others, and uh, they all look nice and secure and um, well appointed uh, to me. So uh, uh, I'll leave it to uh, whoever wants to come there to uh, make their own choices as far as accommodation goes and how they get there. I'm a self-drive these days. When I was uh, on the road and employed full-time, I used to uh, mix and match a bit depending on what the workload was. But these days I had the time to uh, go for a drive and take a detour here and there and enjoy the time. And um, so uh, it's pretty relaxed and laid back. But the four days there are always full of excitement, full of surprises, bumping into people that you thought you may never see again or sometimes you have to say... Oh, geez, mate, I know your face, but um, you better help me out here. So it gets a little bit, uh, it's, it, it's, it's lovely. It's not challenging. It's just a great time. And, uh, and the people, the volunteers and the staff at the Hall of Fame, they go out of their way to, uh, 
make it really, really worthwhile. And uh, like I can, like I said, the accommodation in town is um, usually spot on. Anyway, just uh, letting you all know that uh, I'll be there, and I'd love to see as many of many as possible of you out there, old friends and new. And uh, if we're not friends, we soon will be. All the best, and uh, happy trails to you all. Hi there again. Just a postscript uh, for this week. Um, you need to book for the events at the uh, Festival of Transport. Uh, just go on to the uh, National, Trans- National Road Transport Museum website or Google Hall of Fame, and uh, you can go online. You can book for individual events or you can do a group booking. I think it's $250 uh, for everything. Um, but... Uh, uh, last year, and I'm not sure this year because I haven't done it yet, but last year you had to actually register. And then once you registered, I think that was $20, the registration fee, and then you could go on and book for whatever events you want. So uh, you need to book ahead for both your accommodation and how you're going to get there, of course, and, of course, for the uh, for the Festival of Transport itself. But if you have any dramas, just uh, call the Hall of Fame. The lovely people up there will... Uh, um, set you set you straight and head you in the right direction and um, let's hope we uh, we get the numbers uh, up there that uh, are fitting for the occasion. Best wishes. Thank you. Back with another of her great songs. Here's our music guest for this week's show once more. It's Billy Joe Porter with More Than Friends. Every time I see you You make my world shake Each and every word that you say Rattles me like an earthquake You don't notice me You should notice me Every time I try, I mustn't get it right. Get my head on my nails too. Wear my dress nice and tight. I'll try anything. I've tried everything to catch your eye.
supposed to have it all together And when they ask how you're doing Just smile and tell them never better We just wanted to stop by for a moment and say, G'day, how are you? No, I mean, how are you, really? Physical and mental health is a significant issue for the Australian road transport and logistics industries. Risk factors like long hours, workplace isolation, pressure to meet deadline deliveries and the need for continual alertness all contribute to making us vulnerable to physical and mental health issues. As much as it might feel that way sometimes, you are not alone. There are some incredible people and organisations in our industry whose sole focus is on helping you to stay healthy in body, mind and spirit. All these numbers and addresses are listed on our website at ontheroadpodcast.com.au. Take care of yourselves. We really just want to see everyone get home safe and well. On the Road is proudly brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer, and... Queensland Rail, committed to improving safety through engineering, innovation and education. Play nice with each other and most of all, stay safe out there. Bye for now. Bye-bye. The team here at On The Road believe in the right to free speech and whilst we might not always be in agreement with the views of our guests and contributors, we support their right to hold and express those opinions. (laughs) 